Well, hello, this is Drive Time, July the 2nd, 2021. Uh, this is Drive Time, uh, where the podcast where I'm driving to or from work, um, and we talk about some random stuff. So, this episode is pretty much going to be, uh, hopefully, kind of a hodgepodge of different things, but there is some topics there, so... Um, I am actually driving home from work, but after work today, I went to go see a movie. I saw Boss Baby uh, 2. Uh, it was a pretty good movie. It has heart. The original Boss Baby has heart. Uh, you know, it follows a child, probably around the age of seven. He brings home a new baby brother who is um, a boss baby. Apparently, he works for a baby company named Baby Co. I know, it's very, very sophisticated movies. Uh, <laughs> they go through shenanigans. They save the world from um, an evil doer who's trying to take over the world. Classic superhero stuff. But the heart of it is, uh, and that's the overall, you know, uh, the, the plot points of the story. But the overall theme of it is uh, just trying to get, just trying to get, uh, I guess, just trying to overall get uh, the boys to to love each other and show what uh, community is and, and, and those types of things. So the second movie was very similar. That you take the the two boys, uh, the seven year old and the and the baby at the time. Now they're grown up and they're um, you know they are old <laughs> essentially. They are you know they have their own families. Well, one of them does. The the younger brother is very successful. He was the baby in the first one. Um, he was the boss baby. Now he's just the boss. Um, and then uh, the older son, who is the kind of free-loving hippie, he is, uh, you know, he's the one with the family. He's the one with the, the goals, or no goals, actually. He's a stay-at-home dad in, in this version. And, uh, you know, his wife is the breadwinner, which is pretty awesome. So he's very in tune with the, the family needs and stuff like that. He's, he's got a good pulse on, on the family itself and... I, you know, there's a lot of illusions. I have a younger brother, so uh, if anything, I feel like it's the opposite. My little brother is kind of the free spirit, and my me being the self, I'm the business-centric, uh, serious person. I happen to have the family as well, so it's kind of a, a, a interesting duality. But um, huh, I, I think it's humorous. I, I, I like the movie. Um, the, the the story picks up with Tim, which is the the older brother. Uh, kind of coming in, and, and he's got his family, um, and then the youngest daughter is the new boss baby. She works for Baby Co., and, um, you know, it's just, it's a different environment. It's a different, it's a different thing, so, um, it's, it's, like I said, it's a good show. I enjoyed it. I liked it. I thought it was fun. Um, good story, kind of, kind of continuously, to still have the heart of the first one, also bringing different elements, different dynamics, different relationships. The two daughters now instead of two boys, and uh, you know, it was really about a father and the daughter rather than uh, a brother and a and a brothers. Uh, though the brother element is in there, the sister element is in there. Uh, the father daughter. Now I have two daughters, same situation as the protagonist in the in the show, um, and they are very similar. They are very different as well. So. I, I look at that and I say, hey, you know, Rachel and Abigail, they're, they're very 
similar. Gail is the boss, and Rachel is the loving, nurturing one, and, you know, she can be the boss of her own right, so. It's very, very cute. It's a very cute story. And, uh, I enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. I thought, you know, I thought it banged. Um, it was really pretty good. And, uh, you know, I recommend it. So it's, it's really good. Um, yeah, so, the interesting thing <laughs> about today is the fact that we were kind of in a, in a, in a rush today, but it, it felt like my whole day was rushed, because uh, I, I went to work this morning, I got to work really early, so um, I'll recap the last two days, because then you have like full context of everything that happened, so um, yesterday, which was um, the 1st, July 1st, uh, we went to Splashway, which is a park, uh, water park in Sheridan. And it was, it was fun. It was a blast. And I thought that we had uh, a lot of fun. We all got sunburned, even though we put on sunscreen and all that other stuff. I mean, we got sunburned still. Um, it was, <laughs> it was, it was aggressive, the sun. Um, I, I am sunburned on my shoulders. Everything else is pretty good, but, uh. Yeah, you know, sh shoulders <laughs> definitely hurting. Uh, we went with uh, friends of ours, uh, the Mocks, and uh, you know they have a child named Jerry who is in Thomas's age, and uh, that's how we met. We met through baseball. Essentially, they moved uh, a little bit up the road, uh, and we live in the country, so up the road is a couple miles, but they're very close to us compared to country living, country standards of living, you know, if we were like the little house on the prairie family, you know, they would be the next, uh, the next family over essentially, we're the one borrowing a cup of flour and, and some wheat to make it through the, the make it through the winter, that kind of, you know, that kind of stuff, so, um, but yeah, we, we spent the whole day there, uh, it was fun, uh, when I say the whole day, I think we arrived somewhere around one o'clock, and we left, uh, right around six, so we were there about five hours, and we were splashing around, we were conversating, we were talking, the, the kids had a lot of fun, they have three children, uh, you know, uh, we took Thomas and Ben, the older two, Rachel's not there yet, Rachel is not, she would have enjoyed a lot of it, but she just wasn't, she was not there yet, you know, um, but overall, it was a really good day, Ben got a little sick on the drive home, or actually Ben got a little sick before we left, on the drive home, he was, you know, um, he was hurting, you know, I did a lot of dehydration, didn't really put any real substance in his stomach, and, you know, I think both of those were the cause of that. Thomas had a little bit of a headache, and I think he's still a little dehydrated today, so we're just pushing fluids, but, um, I had a, I had a, <laughs> it's interesting, because I almost drowned out in that little wave pool, so they have a wave pool, and it creates large crests and, and zeniths, and, and, you know, waves, essentially, and, you know, Ben was out there with me, he got a little excited, and he started choking me, well, when I started to choke, uh, I started inhaling water. So when I'm breathing out, more water is hitting me because the waves are in crest. You know, they're, they're in sequential order. And it's just, um, I, I, there was a moment where I needed to kind of step away. I needed to just be like, okay, hey, I'm, I'm, I got to break away from this. And we were, you know, in the five-foot section to where, you know, I'm 5'8". I'm but that five-foot section slides into six very steeply, very quickly. So I was probably flirting around with the six foot because I would hit the ground 
and jump up and hit the ground and jump up and hit the ground and jump up and and I would continue to do that and continue to do that and uh, you know I, I, whether my timing got off or the rhythms of the waves became faster I don't I think it was the fact that it was pushing faster it was it was rhythmic but it was also kind of like you know you have a steady pace 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 and steady pace steady pace steady pace is different from steady pace steady pace steady pace steady pace you know that that rhythmic piece i mean even if it's off by a little bit throws you off so instead of jumping you're you're jumping when it's low and then you're falling when it's high and i actually got into that kind of rhythm to where you know, I, I was up and I was kicking and I was, I was swimming and then a wave hit me and it just kind of hit me the wrong way. Ben doesn't know how to swim. He didn't have a life jacket on. He wasn't going to, you know, he wasn't going to be okay if he, he you know, came under water. So I'd be, be like, help, help. Uh, you know, there's some kid there kind of helped him grab on. I kind of, I got a bit off my neck and, um, and, and the, the, the kid kind of helped him a little bit and say, hey, thanks, you know, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Like, hey, thanks, man. Appreciate it. And, I just kind of, kind of went through. Uh, I was embarrassed a little bit, like, hey, I almost drowned in here. Like, it's not a kiddie pool; it's a six-foot pool, um, and I had sandals on, which are weighing me down even more. Um, so it just wasn't a real good situation. Like, I, you know, I just, um, I wish I could have done it a little bit differently, but um, you know, I, I got to be in better shape. You know, it starts with me being physically fit and. And the mocks, uh, both of them are, are probably six something. You know, they're they're pretty tall people, so they were standing in the six foot, while I was like swimming in the six foot. And um, you know, I just <laughs> you get a little embarrassed because it's like, hey man, I'm I'm a little guy. <laughs> but but I did have uh, some nightmares, and I, I, I you know because of that, I guess I haven't felt a, a fear. I say fear because I was more worried about if Ben started choking, he would start tightening, clamping on my neck even more, and then I would have problems and trouble with uh, with keeping him uh, keeping him from drowning. He would panic, and then I would panic even more because I know like my son would be drowning and. You know, it just, it, it scared me. It scared me in a way that I was, uh, I was, uh, you know, it just, it just scared me. It scared the hell out of me in a way that was, uh, that was just not good. And, uh, I guess that fear of my kids drowning, the fear of me drowning, and I wasn't really worried about me. I got a little water caught up in my throat. I started kind of coughing a bit, and then a wave hit me, and I started coughing a little bit more. I just swallowed the water, you know? <laughs> I just said, fuck it, I'm going to swallow the water. And then I'll be able to, and I'm kind of choking a little bit because I'm thinking about it. But, I, you know, I swallowed the water. And, um... And then I could breathe again because it's like the, well, nothing's in your throat, nothing's in your mouth anymore because it's gone. You, you drank it. <laughs> and then that, that kind of cleared me out to where I could take one good breath and then I started beelining toward the uh, beelining toward the, the, the shallow end of the pool. And once I was able to walk, I dropped Ben and kind of buried him out with me. Um, 
and I was done. I laid on that shore for probably about five to ten minutes. Uh, you know, I sat there and laid there when they turned off the pool because it goes in increments, like ten minute increments or whatever. Um, and I just kind of laid there. I was done physically. I was a little shaken up because I, you know I potentially could put my kid in a position where um, he could have been harmed. Now again. I'm not over-dramatizing it. I mean, obviously, he could have, but nothing happened that way. Uh, I asked Ben, hey, did the water ever get close to your mouth? He was like, no, I was, I was fine. So it was me drowning. Uh, he copa crutched my ass real fucking quick, though. I mean, he he put in the, what is it, Camorra lock or whatever on my ass real quick. And he, popped, he took out my windpipe real quick. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. Like, it was just... I guess he got scared or something poked him and he tightened up and then it hit me the wrong way. I was trying to breathe and, you know, he just got my windpipe and he, and he choked me out. So it was just like, holy shit, you know, what are we doing here? But, um, and then, you know, like I said, so after that point on in the wave pool, we went to go ride some slides. We slid a little bit. We did some fun stuff, you know. Uh, we, you know, kind of hit the kiddie pool up a lot, which is, which was good. Everything was great, you know, that we did that kind of stuff and, um, I was, I was really, you know, like I said, I was really happy the fact that, uh, you know, we were all ready for that. And, uh, you know, we kind of ended the day on, on a low note when Ben started getting sick, he started throwing up and you know, he was feeling dehydrated. He was feeling kind of sick and, you know, we gave, we stopped by one of the dollar store, dollar general, whatever's closest to that area. And we, you know, feed him some Tylenol and he started taking a nap and, and then the best thing happened. I started showing my older boys, the Lord of the Rings. Now, I am a huge Lord of the Rings fan, right? The Hobbit, read it. The Lord of the Rings, I've read the books. Never really finished all the Silmarillion. Um, I, I, I like it. I know I know the gist of the story. If you're going to ask me to name all the Maiar, I just can't. You know, if you're going to ask me, like, you know, if you're going to ask me specific Middle Earth questions that does not um, does not fit into the Lord of the Rings or the Hobbit, I cannot answer them. But I can tell the adaptation, which is Peter Jackson. And Peter Jackson did a great job, by the way. Uh, the, you know, that's what I was showing them, the Peter Jackson adaptations of uh, the Lord of the Rings. So, And I'm narrating the plot points as they were watching it. So, you know, it's like, hey, this guy's about to get his hand chopped off. And the boys are just like, what? what? What's going to happen? It's like, yeah, this evil guy. Look at him. He's bashing everybody. Sauron, you know, he's the Dark Lord. He created the ring. And the ring gives everybody evil powers. because the ring is evil. Because he's evil. And he's like, oh, my boys can understand that level. So as I'm narrating, this, narrating the story, um, they kind of understand. Like, okay, well, hey, this is Gandalf the Grey. He's, he's, a, he's a wizard. He does magic. And oh, I started saying words like uh, Rivendale and Elvish and Balrog and, uh, you know, they started talking about dwarves and trolls and dragons and they were just like, oh man, this is, I mean, it's, all, it's high fantasy, I mean, that's, you know, that's, uh, that's the gist of the world, but, um, you know, we, we had fun with that, the boys, uh, they watched all the way until Frodo was setting out, I think one of the ring wraiths were following him. Uh, in the movies, they do not talk about Tom Bombadil. You know, they don't get stopped by old, you know, the old tree willow and um, you know the Goldie and Goldieberry and you know, 
all those characters are cut from Peter Jackson's adaptation, simply because, you know, in the Lord of the Rings proper, there's like a whole bloody first chapter or first section devoted to uh, Bilbo's 111th party, uh, them leaving the Shire, how many years actually do pass between when Frodo has it in the Shire and, and Gandalf going to Gondor and, uh, and, and looking in the, uh, the White City recounting the, uh, the scriptures of uh, Isildur and, and kind of finding out what happened to the ring. I mean, there's like maybe six years have passed in the time. And of course, in the, in the, in the adaptation, it, it makes it seem like a couple of months have passed. And then Gandalf's a super reader and he's read it before. He just needs to go back and check and that kind of shit. And it's just like, oh man, like, this is... Anyway, uh, it did not have Shadow Facts either. Shadow Facts was... Uh, introduced after it became Gandalf the White, um, but he did take that horse Rohan uh, at that time. So uh, Shadowfax and him go way back, uh, which is the white horse that you see in most uh, uh, times. You see Gandalf the White, you see him as Shadowfax. But uh, again, I'm a I'm a nerd, so I, I start showing them. I was so excited to show them, and they were into it. And then my wife comes with my two baby daughters, and it's party time. Barney time, my, my bad, my bad homie, I gotta make sure we put Barney on for, you know, the duration of the night, so, um, you know, my, my wife quietly reprimanded me too, um, you know, earlier today about that, uh, about, you know, how she thinks they're too young, and how she wants to keep them a little bit more innocent, and a little bit more, um, a little bit more... Yes, sheltered from that kind of stuff. She, she doesn't want them to jump into it. But for me, that's when I started to read. That's when I started to learn. That's when I started finding things interesting. Was when I got into high fantasy or uh, Star Wars canaliz- canalization. Or, you know, I really only started reading when I could read comic books. Uh, I would follow the action, and then I would want to know the subplots. Which then I started learning how to read through reading comic books. And uh, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I, I learned how to read. I wasn't a good reader, you know, let's just say it like that, right, so I learned how to read in like second and third grade, I never really practiced reading until I was like in fifth and sixth grade, simply because my curve was a little curved, <laughs> my curve was curved, I was uh, a slower when it came to reading, you know, math, science, social study, history, repetitive, oral, um, you know, pieces, I, I was really good at that, but, um, really start analyzing it, I mean, I think it was a big opportunity with reading it. I, I, I didn't catch up to people in my age or my grade, but uh, even when I got out of college, I became uh, like a second renaissance of reading books that I, I found interesting. And right now I have like a, maybe an 11 uh, book set that I would like to read through. I mean, one is one is J.R.R.G.M.M.R. Uh, uh, George R. R. Tolkien. I mean, sorry. George R. R. Martin, uh, <laughs> duh, don't confuse those two guys, but he wrote a lot of short stories, one of them includes uh, Toph, uh, Haviland Toph, who is a space voyager on a ship, a seed ship, from the Ecological Engineering Corps of Old Earth, um, and it's a stasis field, and he can grow monsters, and all kinds of different bacteria, and he has five different adventures, and uh, the series is called Toph Voyaging, there's five different instances. Uh, he also writes something called Sand Kings, which is an amazing story. 
uh, you know, on a nebula, um, you know, so anyway, I, I'm a huge science fiction nerd, and I'm, I'm a huge uh, nerd for fantasy and, and high fantasy and different kinds of genres, so showing the kids The Lord of the Rings was, um, I didn't tear up, I got a little bit of emotional because it means, it means so much to me, it's, 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 a, it's a part of my childhood that I, I never really appreciated when I got there, but once I did, I remember watching the first one in the movies, and then I, I then I remember watching the second one, the the Two Towers, and to this day, the Two Towers is probably my favorite um, series. Of course, of course, middle stories are. Uh, you you see the hero fall, you see a lot of peril, you see the story go a thousand different ways, only for the finale to, to bring them all back in. So. Um, it, it is um, a good storytelling uh, trope, and, and different things among the among those lines. So, I um, I, I appreciate the Lord of the Rings, and um, specifically, I, um, I I do uh, like the Twin Towers as, as my favorite novelization. The Hobbit is 184 pages. Um, I was actually thinking that I could read The Hobbit to uh, my children. Uh, one day, and actually be like, "Hey, this is a story for children." You know, <laughs> this is uh, you know, this is this is it's the first version of everything. So, um, but but anyway, uh, you know, as far as seeing the differences between the book novelization, uh, the novelization, and then also the the transcribed uh, theatrical release, there's a lot of things I could talk about. Um, anyway. I, re- I revisit the Lord of the Rings usually every two or three years. Um, I think the last time I re- listened to it was maybe two years ago, and I listened to the audiobook, and I was uh, listening to The Fellowship of the Ring. Um, I got into The Two Towers, and then I stopped. I stopped when... Uh, I stopped when Helm's Deep was going on, and the Hardenberg was blowing that type of uh, event was going on, uh, there were, you know, uh, you know, all that, right, I, I stopped when that was going down, and, uh, and then Aragon, and the, the you know, anyway, anyway, we're not talking about the rings, um, but it's things that you grew up with, and that you, you should carry on, right, so, uh, in this Boss Baby movie, trying to tie, tie, tie back together, they talk about the family business, right, they talk about, um, Oh, it's a family business, and this is what we do, and this is who we are, and these are the traits we share. And you know, I, I, I want to impart some of my nerdy knowledge uh, to my family, to my children. I, you know, I, I was watching Thomas kind of cuddle up with me and ask me questions about stuff. And Daddy, what about this? Daddy, what about that? And, um, you know, I got a little emotional. I, I'm not that big of an emotional person. I am emotional, but I'm not. I don't really cry all the time. And you know, and, and sometimes it's good to cry, don't get me wrong, but, um, I, I really did tear up a bit thinking about my kid, at some point I'll be gone and dead, and there's a part of me that still lives on, because, you know, I, I sat him down and explained it, and that was the first time he watched the movie, right, so that's, I'll be his first experience of it, and at the end, when Gandalf fights the Balrog, and, and showing this fire demon from, uh, from Mongol, you know, from the second age, essentially, of, of man, and, uh, you know, obviously Gandalf goes, you know, Super Saiyan, you shall not pass, 
ironically, Boss Baby, um, the first movie, they make an homage to that. Um, and then the second movie, they pay off a second homage as well. So, we, we're interestedly, uh, I'm pretty interested in that. Uh, how, how, how the things you love as an adult can get translated down to your kid. I think if you do it the right way, it can. My dad really loved baseball, and I hated baseball growing up because my dad liked it, and he pushed it on me, and, and it was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of pressure, and sometimes I feel like if my dad would have been more collaborative and less hard, it would have been a lot easier for me to like it, um, but now as an adult, I'm doing the exact same thing with my kids. I'm trying to make it fun. I'm trying to get other kids involved and just kind of have some practices and different things. And I figured you can give them two years in sport. If they really like it, they can, they can, they can do it. But just like Ben, Ben's over here jacking home runs. Thomas is jacking home runs. And we're working with some other kids that don't really have the practice time in. And we want to get them better. So, uh, you know, shout out to those kids that are going to come and play with us and that are going to come and learn with us and, Thomas and Ben grow into well-adjusted, positive teammates. Uh, I don't want asshole fucking kids that are going to be a dick about everything and bully kids. That's not what I want. I want those kids to be coachable and teachable. And I want them to be able to help other kids kind of get right, you know. Um, you know, Thomas and Ben, I showed them The Sandlot, uh, the movie The Sandlot, uh, a couple months ago during baseball season. And and I love it now. Rachel, our daughter, is like Sandlot, Sandlot. It's like they're just playing baseball. I mean, she just sees kids roughly her brother's age playing baseball, and she's you know, she's into it. So, um, anyway, I just I think it's interesting. I do. I think it's pretty interesting. Um, Jimmy Smith, he's a Jacksonville Jaguar wide receiver, 
And uh, every time I had him on my team, because I had him one year, every week I was like, he just needs 60 yards or 50 yards and a touch. And, um, you know, he'd have some games with 100 yards. He'd have some games with 80. He'd have games where he didn't do jack fucking shit. And then there was that one game where I just asked for a touchdown and 60 yards, and he came in with 50 yards and a touch. And I'm like, hey, you know, I had a Yoohoo or Yahoo, right, Yoohoo. Yahoo prognosticator for fantasy football would tell me, oh, Jimmy Smith, you know, it's a great, great, great matchup against Houston. Uh, they're looking like they're going to, you know, really, really tear that ass up. I mean, you know, they would say it differently, but it'd be like a great matchup. You know, we can expect uh, Jimmy Smith 60 yards and touchdowns, what uh, we can expect of him, you know, and he he would do jack fucking shit. And then he plays, right, you know, the Colts. It's a great matchup, yada, yada, yada. He wouldn't do anything. And then you have Houston. It's like, well, you know, Mike at 40 yards and a potential touchdown, wide receiver two slash three, and he would have a field day, three touchdowns, 127, you know, just just easy shit, you know. I had Fraud Taylor, Fred Taylor, but they call him Fraud Taylor or whatever. Uh, it's my backfield running back, and that was when Maurice Jones-Drew was in the league as, you know, as a rookie and even his second, third season. I mean, that whole time playing fantasy football with my, with my cousins, who I consider really were uncles, um, I go back and look at that time as, as I was growing, I was developing, I was being a different person. I was probably like, you know, anywhere between 11 to 13 during that time. And then, of course, it took over my own team. Um, you know, my dad tried to get me into NASCAR fantasy football or fantasy NASCAR. I never have takes for it. I mean, I'm just, I mean, you, you pick five or ten drivers or you draft them and every year or every race they you know, have a point total, you know, who's going to win the race, and, you know, you're such a drafting drivers who might wreck out and give you jack shit for points, and, you know, I guess it was the highest point value wins or lose, I can't remember, it was a good while ago, and, uh, I just kind of chalked it up to, okay, that's cool, that kind of thing, but, um, yeah, I was, I was pleasantly surprised about fantasy football because I remember thinking because I was running I was in high school at the time and I remember thinking like uh, just like hey you know this thing's cool it's statistics it's analytics and not really into that but I was I became an analytic an analytics driven person where it comes with like numbers and and statistics and okay with probability of this and this happening and I'm not gonna lie I over time I've been I've drafted really good teams and I've won some championships and that's you know always good but I always at least have one Tennessee Titan player on my team whether it be the kicker the defense the quarterback the the wide receiver the the, the, the tight end um, for a long time I had Delaney Walker in recent memory I've had uh, Delaney Walker I had uh, DeMarco Murray I've had um, AJ Brown I've had um, Johnny Smith uh, let's see who else have I had I've had um Oh, good old Patron. What's his name? Uh, Lindell White. Uh, when Lindell White was a thing, he was that one year he had like 14 touchdowns because he was just a goal line hawk. And, uh, you know, Lindell White, you had Chris Johnson. I never drafted Chris Johnson. He was always a, a really high pick that I never had. Um, but I had Lindell White like in the sixth round. And he scored 14 touchdowns. The great white Buffalo, Peyton Hillis. Um, he played for the Cleveland, 
played for Cleveland, and, uh, anyway, I, I go back and I look at those things, and those memories, and they're fun for me, I just, I want to be able to impart something like that for my kids, so that that way they, they have something else that's fond as well, something else that can, uh, that can, uh, how to say this, that can be something that I can think of fondly, or they can talk about fondly, I don't know, I, I mean, like, Thomas was watching Harry Potter today, so I, I really appreciate him, or Lynette, my wife, uh, putting that on, even though he wants to watch the rest of Lord of the Rings, and, you know, we're gonna have to wait, we're gonna have to see, and anyway, um, I, I tear up when I watch movies about daughters and fathers, and sons and fathers, and, you know, brothers, I mean, I, I'm a person who is also a brother to a sister, a brother to a brother, son to a parent, a father to a daughter, father to a son, um, you know, I, 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 I'm a husband, you know, I, I cover a lot of ground here when it comes to, like, active, um, sorry, I, this is the one bad thing about driving in the country is that everybody keeps their brights on until the last second, and, and then they flash you and say, well, your lights are on, I'm like, no, my lights aren't on. Your lights have been on this whole time, my guy. Um, and, or they have like those spaceship LED lights where it's like, you know, let me see a, a thousand meters in front of me. Let me see a half of a mile out there in, in perfect clarity and blow out your, you know, opposite side person driving eyeballs. It's like, I mean, come on, guys, what are we doing here? You know, aim those things down, guys. We can. You can cut, you know, 200 feet off of it and still have, you still see the deer on the corner, you know, on the corner over there. I mean, Jesus, guys, what are we doing? Um, but yeah, I'm getting close to, to where I'm wrapping it up because I'm getting close to my house and I have to take Abigail, take her to sleepy, sleepy. But, uh, you know, me and Gail, we got a thing going on. Um, I love my Abigail. She's such a good little cuddler, Rachel, too. kids have soft, they can hit me in soft spots, um, you know, I was watching Thomas just play and run and jump and swim, and he's, he's old, he's seven, I remember when he was a baby, he's just a baby, I remember we had him in the hospital, two months after we got done, I remember the surgeries that he had, Texas Children's, also makes me proud that he's getting older. I'm going to try to keep him on the right path, whatever path that is, right? Because 
any parent would tell you, you try to do the best you can with what you got. The flaws and uh, the flaws that you have as a human are will be made in some ways um, with your parents. So, like my dad, the flaws of my father don't necessarily dig into me. So, you know, if he's a heavy drinker coming home all boozed up like an asshole, um, I, I, I chose not to drink. I chose not to do drugs. I chose not to, to drink at all because I never liked the idea of some drunk asshole coming home to, to kids that are excited to see him and because he's in a fucking drinking mood with beer on his fucking lips you have to sit here and be traumatized by a different person essentially it's not the person that you're used to it's a different it's a Dr. Jekyll Mr. Hyde um, complex and I never wanted my kids to see that and I don't want my kids to see that most of the times when I see other couples and they're sitting around drinking and then they start to argue and fight and bitch and moan and complain and you know they, it, gets, it gets into a negative place real quick it's due to alcohol alcohol takes them um, when you people get into their cups then it becomes a, a large issue and better you know better or not it's just I don't know I'm glad me and my wife don't drink I am but um, but yeah I am almost home and I'm gonna go give Abigail a big hug and cuddle her down hopefully put her to uh, sleep and uh, my wife should be close behind me because she has the boys and the girls they're gonna eat something so that's uh, that's always nice um, tomorrow as our uh, adventures continue so yesterday was splash way today was the um Today was the movie, right? I had a crazy hellish day at work, uh, make me want to quit my job every day that I'm there, and, uh, and then, uh, you know, I had a great night tonight with, with the kids, and then now it's gonna be, now it's gonna be something along the lines of, uh, Something along the lines of uh, making sure that uh, things get done. Uh, tomorrow is going to be my sister's kind of housewarming birthday bash kind of thing. Fourth of July. And it's a lot of different things mixed in. But, uh, but yeah, that's the plan. So, okay. This has been Drive Time. I appreciate everybody listening. We'll catch you down the road. Thank you.